Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. I just want to say thank you to Pastor Nicole and Steve um, for inviting me here tonight. And it is, is amazing to walk into this building, to see this community, and there's just so, so much lightness and brightness in this place. And it is beautiful what God is doing and continuing to do in this church community. And... Um, so thank you, Pastor Nicole and Steve. You, for Susan and myself, are just an inspiration. Um, you're obviously a few years older than us, but we look to you as, as role models of, of faithfulness, um, of, of being quick to forgive, and of having wisdom and steadiness. And so, yeah, we, we are inspired by you. And as church location pastors, um, yeah, we do not envy what you do. Um, but thank you so much um, for, yeah, just being those role models in our lives. So. And we want to yeah, today, and Sue's couldn't be here, um, she's not feeling that great, but anyway, my name is Matt, for those that don't know me, and yes, my wife Susie, um, we're married, which is good, and uh, she was actually part of the, the QB launch team, um, and just I was just thinking about it in worship, actually, like, she had some significant moments here in this church, and if it wasn't for this church, like, she potentially couldn't have been in church, um, not walking with Jesus, it was some crucial decisions she made in this church. And now she's a pastor, and we have two beautiful, or one beautiful child, Myla, and we're going to have another baby in November. Um, And so, yeah, I'm just very grateful for this church community um, and the seeds that you've all sown into my family. So it's awesome. And, yeah, anyway, so here I'm here to talk about a message called Where You Are. Where You Are. And, And the truth is, is that God's love will meet you where you are in your life. We don't have to get ourselves all together and polish ourselves off to be a certain person to be with Jesus. But Jesus meets us where you are. And if you just have to read through the Gospels to see Jesus reaching to all kinds of people in the day, and he reaches out to us where we are. Whatever season we're in, whether you're having a a thriving awareness of God's closeness right now, whether you're in a dry testing of your faith time. We've all been in those different moments. Jesus Christ loves you, and he wants to meet you where you are. Have you ever had someone kind of call out to you? I know, have you ever tried to call out for someone and recognize that they're standing there right next to you? Like This happens to me quite often with a two-year-old now. She's, I'm like calling out for Marla. If, if I hear, I can't hear her, if there's silence, I'm like, okay, there's a, either she's about to do something very cheeky or there's something dangerous about to happen. And so I call out for Marla, Marla, where are you? Which room are you in? And then she's right there at my feet or something like that. Um, it happens all the time. Well, have, everyone's done this, surely. Have you ever looked for something like your phone or your sunglasses only to recognize that they're either in your pocket or in your head? Has anyone done that? I do that all the time. My phone, um, I'm rushing out the door late to something, and I'm like, where's my phone? Getting frustrated and agitated. And then I feel like I've checked my pockets. I've done a boy look and not properly checked. And then, yeah, it's in my pocket or something. We've all been there before. And this afternoon, I want to talk about an account in the Bible where there's these two people, they're looking um, for Jesus, uh, only to recognize that he was actually with them the whole time. And it's the, the account of on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, verse 13 to 35. So we're going to go through this scripture this afternoon. 
kicking off in, in verse 13. It says, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. And the context of this scripture is that it's, it's Sunday, it's Resurrection Sunday. As we know, Jesus dies on the cross on Friday, and then on the third day, Sunday, Jesus raises from the grave. But on this day, not many people had seen the risen Jesus yet. And in this passage, we come to these two people. They were followers of Jesus. One is named Cleopas, but we're going to call him Cleo here today because it's just a, bit, a lot easier. So our friend Cleo and his companion. The other person doesn't even get a mention in the, in the Bible, which is a bit sad. Um, you know, I wish I wasn't that person. Um, my, my heart reaches out to them. Cleo and his companion, they're, they're leaving Jerusalem. So they're leaving the place where Jesus had died and was buried. And they are on the road to a small village called Emmaus, which is where they're from. So they're returning. And the reason why Cleo and his companion, they're leaving Jerusalem is because they, they had given up. As we see in this scripture, they, they were sad. They were downcast. Their, their hope had been ripped from them because for them, Jesus Christ, he, he was their Messiah. He was the one that was going to redeem Israel, their people, who was going to fulfill their dreams. But he was brutally trialed, tortured, and then nailed to a cross. Imagine seeing that. It, it wouldn't make sense for them. It didn't make sense. They were in a state of losing their hope. They were devastated. They, were, they had given up and they were walking home. And we too can have similar experiences. Experiences of crisis that turn our world upside down. Where, where things in life don't turn out as we thought. Has anyone been there? Yes? Causing us to be confused. Questioning God. Why? Why is this happening? Why did it turn out this way? I thought you promised this. I thought it was going to go this way. But this has happened. You know, it could be a, a job loss, a death of someone close, a health diagnosis, a, a betrayal, a shattered dream, a, a loss of joy in our relationship with God. It can be an endless list of various things. And in those times, we don't know where God is, what he is doing, how is he going to get us through this, or when will this be over? It causes us to be hurt, angry, sad, frustrated. Oh God, why have you forsaken me? And we can walk through these, these, these things in life, these moments in life, like Cleo and his companion, and not recognise that Jesus is right there walking with us. The scripture it says here, they were kept from recognising him. And I've wrestled with this scripture. I'm like, what is going on? They were kept from recognising him. Why, Jesus, would you not reveal yourself to these two people that are going through a really tough time? They're going through hardship, grief, loss. Jesus, why are you holding back from them? And we will see later on in the scripture why, but ultimately Jesus, he had this greater plan for them. He was wanting to do a deeper work in them, bringing deeper freedom, a deeper understanding of his love. And we too... We may not recognize and feel Jesus amongst our hurt, our grief, our difficulties, but despite what we may recognize or feel, the absolute truth, 
and we've already sung about it and talked about it, is that Jesus is the one who is with us. He promises to keep walking with us. Even when we might not recognize it, he is still there where you are. Let's pick up in verse 17. So Jesus, he asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? I love this, Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. I find this hilarious. If you really think about it, they don't recognize that they're actually talking to Jesus. And so they start to question Jesus. Don't you know what happened in Jerusalem? They start to tell Jesus about Jesus. <laughs> and if we have a deeper look at what, what they're saying, notice here how clear he says, He, Jesus, he was a prophet. He was powerful, but now they felt different. Clear and his companion were missing out on what is, what was happening now, because they were stuck in what was. And I can relate to this. Sometimes we can feel and say things to Jesus while we're going through times of hardship. Things like, Jesus, you used to be powerful in my life. When I was younger, I experienced God in worship. Before I would read the Bible and it would encourage me, but now it's different. I used to pray and feel like God was there, but now things have changed. It doesn't seem like it did before. We cannot so easily get stuck in what was, missing out on what God is doing right here, right now, where you are. And from verses 21 to 24, as the story continues, clear in his companion that they continue to share about how they're feeling hopeless and doubtful, even though they've heard from others that the tomb of Jesus was empty. And yet, they were really doubting what was happening. Jesus, he sees how hopeless Claire and his companion are, but he doesn't leave him in that place. I love it. Verse 25, Jesus, he said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. This, this blows my mind. Let's just stop here for a moment. So think about it. This is the day Jesus rose from the grave. And you would expect, you know, Jesus rose from the grave. What would you do if you just rose from the grave? Like, I would go get my family, my friends, we'll go hang out, have the biggest party possible. Like, I was dead, but now I'm alive. Like, that is amazing. Celebrate, party. Come on, Jesus. But what do we see Jesus do? We see Jesus raised from the grave, and instead of just throwing this big party, he goes to these two ordinary people. One of them doesn't even get their name mentioned in the Bible. Walking on the road in the middle of nowhere, feeling hopeless and sad, and he spends the time explaining the scriptures to them, so that even though they were going through a crisis, he could reveal himself to them. Jesus, he takes the time to walk with these people. I love it. This is the love of Jesus Christ. This is Jesus' priority. He doesn't just want to leave you and I in our state of hardship, questioning everything about God, but he actually wants to spend the time journeying with us, 
walking with us, teaching us the scriptures. So I want to encourage you, keep walking on the journey. Jesus, he will teach you. He will reveal himself to you. Keep meditating on the word of God. Keep rocking up to church every single Sunday, even when you don't feel it. Keep talking to God in prayer. And Jesus will reveal himself to you and things will start to change. And that's what we see in this account. We see with Clear and his companion, this this deep transformation and renewal starts to take place. Verse 28. As they approached the village to where they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us. Stay with us. For it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in and to stay with them. I love this. They, they strongly urged Jesus to stay with them. Like, Jesus, you can't leave me now. You started something in my life. Jesus, stay with me. Talk to me. Walk with me. I need you, Jesus. I love this heart posture, this prayer, which I th- I am encouraged by him as we should be as well, as, as we continue to walk with Jesus, to have prayers like this, a heart posture that urges Jesus to stay with us, that says, God, Jesus, I, I need you. I want you. Stay with me, Jesus, in this um, crisis, in this difficult time. Stay with me. Don't leave me. Meet me where I am. And maybe you've gone through a tough time in your faith. Come on, this is the time when things are going to shift, where we're not going to give up, let's begin to pray this afternoon, Jesus, meet me where I am. Verse 30. Jesus, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. This is so powerful, this moment. So we see here, Jesus, he went into the house. He went into their home. They invited him in. Jesus, he sits down at the table and he takes the bread and he gives thanks. And then he breaks the bread. He breaks the bread like his body was broken. And then the Bible says when he broke the bread to give it to them, verse 31, Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. It was when Jesus broke the bread and gave them the broken bread, his broken body. As they received his broken body, the bread, their eyes were opened to see Jesus. And I was reading a lot of Bible commentaries about this. And they say that when Jesus broke the bread and gave it to them, they could see the scars of the nails. As he broke the bread and gave it to them, Clear and his companion, they could see the scars on Jesus' hands. They could see that Jesus' body was broken for them. And it was when they, yeah, when they saw that Jesus had suffered that they had recognized the resurrected Jesus. The bread had to be broken for them to see the scars the victory of Jesus Christ. And Jesus had to suffer before they could see his glory and recognize him. Jesus said this already to Clear and his companion on the road in in verse 26. He said, Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things 
and then enter his glory. And journeying through our pain doesn't make sense at times. And it's hard to do. But in fact, the heart of Christianity is that the way to life is through death. The pathway to resurrection is through crucifixion. The central message of Jesus is that suffering and death bring resurrection and transformation. Resurrection only comes out of death. Real death. And our hardships, our grief, our loss, they're real. But so is the resurrection life that God brings out of it. God loves you so much. Verse 32. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while we talked with you? Sorry. Were not our hearts burning with us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Now, at the end of their journey, they look back on what they had gone through and they see that Jesus was actually with them the whole time. Their hearts were burning. They realized that Jesus was actually walking with them and doing a deep work with them the whole time. And you know, it's the same for us. It's only when we look back on what we've been through that we recognize that Jesus was with us the whole time. And I have recently experienced this. Um, a few of the pastors were going through emotionally healthy spirituality, a course, and part of this, this training uh, we've done recently is that we had to write out all our grief and losses in our life since we were a child. It's a fun process. It's lengthy. It was emotional. I was like, oh, it was probably a classic man thing. I was just like, yeah, write a few dot points down. And then I really thought about it, and I'm like, oh, far out. Like, I was a mess. <laughs> or things have happened in my life, and I didn't realize how much it had affected me. But as I wrote out all these things over my life, and as I looked back on all them, all the grief and the loss, I couldn't help but thank and praise God for his faithfulness and his love that carried me through those times. In those moments, I felt like the love of God wasn't there. But as I look back and I see the journey and what God has shaped in me, the, the deep levels of freedom, the, the identity that I, I found in Christ Jesus, through those times, he has carried me. God is so faithful. And God has brought this deep transformation in me and filled me with this love as, as I've journeyed through these times. And he's actually given me empathy for others now that have gone through similar experiences. And you may not feel like you recognize Jesus right now where you are. Why? Because Jesus still has you on a journey. He's not done. Jesus, he could have walked straight up to Cleo and his companions and said, hey, look, it's me, Jesus. I, I, I've risen from the grave. Here are my scars. But he doesn't. Sometimes he wants you and I to actually go through these times and learn to walk and journey with him, that he can do a deep, deep work of transformation and renewal in us. You don't go through tough times because Jesus doesn't love you, but because he's doing something greater in your life bigger than what we can see and understand right now. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And just like Jesus had to face death on that cross and go through suffering, we too have to go through times that are hard so that his glory can be revealed in us, so that we can grow maturity in Christ, so that we can experience the fullness of his victory, so that we can be deeply transformed so that we can experience and know how high 
and how wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. Jesus is where you are. Jesus is with us in our doubts. He's with us when it doesn't make sense. He's with us when we're feeling all the feels. So be encouraged. Keep walking on this journey. Keep stepping with Jesus. Don't give up. He is faithful and he is good. And he has got you. Faith keeps stepping even when it doesn't make sense at times. And so don't walk up the road. Don't give up. The journey isn't over. Jesus will meet you where you are. Let's just close our eyes in this moment. And I know that I've spoken, but I also know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in your heart, in your circumstances. And so I just want to give some space for, for God to, to speak to us. That we wouldn't just hear another message and leave, but we would have an opportunity to receive and invite Jesus in. And so I suppose what difficult situation right now do you need to again submit to God? Trusting in Him. Trusting in His timing. Trusting in His deep transformative work. Maybe something's happened in your world that's shaking you to your core where you've questioned God, why is this happening? Just again, let's, let's submit those things to our faithful, loving Jesus. And so Lord, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you that we can trust in you. We can trust in your timing. We can trust that you are in control. We can trust that you are for us. And so we surrender right now. Everything that is on our minds, every road that we're walking on right now, we just give it all to you, Jesus. And we say we trust in you. We cling to you, our Saviour. We cling to you, our hope. We cling to you, our refuge. Jesus Christ, there is none like you. And so I pray for this church community, Lord. I pray for every single person here where they just feel like they, they can't trust you again, where it's just all too much. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to have all the words, we don't have to have everything lined up, Lord, but you sit in the mud with us at times. You humbly come and meet us where we are, Lord. And so I pray that you would strengthen every person in this church. I pray, Lord, for, for seeds of faith, God, to grow and mature within us, to believe that you are able, that you have got us. In Jesus' name, pour out your spirit upon us afresh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. 
If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.